Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. We're continuing on in our series of, well, join the crazy places. And well, it's Valentine's Day, so well, we have not planned it, but we have landed on this topic of love. Now, that's not for you to check out this morning because we're not talking about that romantic love. We're talking about, well, the greatest love. And so I'm going to read some scriptures here. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And then then we're going to read chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, here it is, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the same spirit and of the same Mind, So it's abounding in your love, but knowing his love. There's a joy here in the reality that when we understand the love of Jesus Christ and that love then flows out of us into people who also love Jesus Christ and into people who don't know the love of Jesus Christ, that Paul gets joy. So there is joy to be found in the crazy places when the love of Jesus Christ is coming into us and flowing out of us. Paul wants us to know that deeper love. You see, Paul's message is this fresh humanity, that we would be different, that we would be witnesses, that we would reveal him. And part of revealing him is maturing as followers of Jesus Christ out of our old type of love into this greater new creation love the love of Jesus Christ. I was trying to think of the first time I thought I was in love and it was nursery. Yeah, early start. But I can remember I was on a rocking horse and I fell off the rocking horse. I split my head open. I went to hospital. I got six stitches in my head and I can remember asking the nurse for one of her masks In fact, I asked her for two masks because there was this girl in nursery school that I fancied and I thought I could go to nursery school and I could give her my mask and I could have a little mask and I can still remember the two of us sitting holding hands with our little masks on. I know, that's all just lovely. And and in my head, I thought that was love. But if you've ever been in love, you know it's a whole lot more complicated than no, roses are red, carnations are white, please be my date on Friday night. No, we know it's a whole lot more complicated than that. You see, at age 10, in P6, I can remember getting to school, 
30 minutes before it started. Uh, if you understand me, then you know that's a miracle in itself. My purpose was this, it was Valentine's Day. And there was a girl in my class that I wanted to give a card. And the thought was, if I put it under her, or under her chair on her desk, that when she comes into class, she would take it off and she would find this card and she would be surprised. Now, once I left the card, I left. Now, why did I leave? Well, of course, I didn't want to be discovered, but I also was hoping that she would also give me a card. You see, there's something about even at 10 years of age, I knew my mom and dad loved me. I knew there were people in my world loved me, but they sort of had to. That's what I thought. But even at 10, I can remember very clearly wanting someone to give me a card to choose me. Now we realize that love is something that has to be chosen. Now, if you're listening in this morning and there's a, no, a guy in your office and you think, well, I would like to kidnap him and make him the love of my life, that is illegal, that is a crime. And it will never, ever be love because, well, they have to choose you. Love is something that we have to desire. And this morning, we're talking about the love of Jesus. <laughs> so even by saying he loves us. We are saying he chooses us. Now, how do we ever get our heads around the love of God? Because, well, we think ordinary love is complicated and then we come to the love of God and it's like, whoa, a whole different level. When we describe love or we describe anything, we try to compare it to something else. No, if we eat something, we say, well, it tastes like chicken. No, we, we try to liken it to something that's familiar. Think of God's love. Well, is it like a friend's love? Know that friend that, well, he just, or she just, or they just keep hanging in there. Uh, they know you're like a waster at times. They know you make wrong choices at times. They know that, well, you're not always the best at times, but yet they still love you. Is that God's love? Is God's love like a grandparent you know that, that sort of almost innocent, naive love that looks at the parents and says, oh, they're okay, they never do anything wrong. Is God's love like that? Sort of naive, innocent love? Is, is God's love like the Father's love? In other words, of course we're talking good father, good friend, good grandfather. That love that stays up all night until you come home. That love that leaves the door open, that love that accepts and, and, and stays up all night when you're late on your, uh, well, technology homework. Let's go for technology homework because that would never happen in our house. You know, that kind of love, is, is God's love like that kind of love? Well, Paul is, is writing to this church in Philippi. The, the, the Roman colony of Philippi, is, it's made up uh, a lot of retired soldiers. And well, they would have looked at, well, Caesar as their Lord, Caesar as their God in a sense. And, and well, Paul writes and he says, well, Jesus is Lord. In other words, he's saying, Caesar's not Lord, <laughs> Jesus is. But when Paul is writing about the love of God, we've got to understand that Paul is saying there's nothing like this love. It's not like Caesar's love who will you fight for. No, God's love fights for you, not sends you out to fight for him. God's love 
It's completely different to any other love that you can imagine. And what I want to say to you, as we mirror into Paul's world where Paul is in prison, not knowing what tomorrow brings, uh, no, is he going to be executed? Is he going to be set free? Where we join a church in Philippi who, well, to live for Jesus is a dangerous thing. We're not quite sure what's going to happen. Well, as we mirror that because uh, we're living in a time where we're not really sure what tomorrow brings, I want to say this to you that we can experience the love of God because he chooses us. He chooses to love us. And that's just the start of the uniqueness of the love of God. Now John 3.16 is the one that we all know, but do we get it? That God, think of a, a Roman soldier hearing this for the first time, that God, that Caesar would send, that God, the God would send his son to die for him so that he could live, that God would give up what was most precious to him for those who had no time for him, for God. That you could know his love. We read in scripture, don't we, in the beginning, God. And over thousands of years, 4,000 years, 30 authors, we, we prophets and historians, and we, we read of Moses, don't we know Moses, the, the, who would lead the people of Israel out of slavery into Egypt, at the edge of the, into the promised land, at the edge of the promised land. When we read through scripture, we have Ezra who would, and will have that mission to his people who would take those in exile from Babylon back to the ways of God and back to their homeland. Nehemiah who would be that cupper for the king who would become a builder of walls. David, the psalmist and the songwriter, the shepherd boy who would become a king who, would, who from him would become not just a king but the king of everlasting kings, the king of the kingdom with no end. We have Solomon in all of his wisdom. We have Isaiah who would advise four kings, Jeremiah who would weep, Ezekiel who would watch, Daniel who would prophesy, Hosea who would, well, if you want to understand how you don't want your Valentines to go, read Hosea. Joel, well, he grew trees but had a word from God. Obadiah, who wrote the least read book in the Bible. Jonah, reluctant prophet. Micah, almost murdered. Nahum, well, he was from El Kosh, just minor fact. Habakkuk, the psalmist. Sephaniah, Haggai, no, three months and 24 days of ministry. Zechariah, the encouraging priest, Malachi, who would encourage us to be reconnected to God. See, all of this, all of that over thousands of years was to bring us to this point that God desires to love his people. And then Jesus would come and no longer would his love be abstract, but his love would come in person. That we can experience his love because well, he chooses to love us. <laughs> I, I love that we can abound in his love. Now, as Paul writes, that we can not just his love in, but his love can then 
come out and, and it's in stages because there's something about the love of God. When you start to explore the love of God, you realize, oh, I can't understand the love of God. It's just so incredible. It's almost, in fact, it should be overwhelming. Now, how I understand the love of God, no, we've all got our favorites. No, we sort of pick one, I think. For me, I love the fact that God calls himself Father. He, he reveals himself as Father, and I can understand that Father's love. I, I like that. And, and some other people like the sense of friendship, that he's a true friend that can be trusted. Uh, that image of a lover, that image of a healer. Now, if, if we start to just add them together, it gets a little bit more complicated because we have father, friend, lover, healer. But to a church in Philippi that's fragmented, that, that forces are trying to keep it from meeting, keep it from being one, Paul wants them to know his love, abide in his love. And that always has been the desire of God, that we would not just know his love, but we would flow in his love. See, on top of the, the father, on top of the healer, the lover, the friend, he's revealed in scripture as the shepherd. The shepherd who will takes the broken sheep and allows them to heal on the strong shoulders of his scars, <laughs> this wounded healer in a world that is so selfish, that's so obsessed by self, he reveals himself as selfless. When we get so easily distracted, he remains on purpose. He is the one who hears every call when we are pursuing everything else but him, he remains focused and pursues us. When we live our lives on a stage, on a platform, he is the protector, he is our shield. He is not just the one who guards our hearts, but he reveals himself as the one who gives us our hearts' desires. When we're surrounded by peer pressure to change, well, he stays on track. When we deny him, he reminds us that he died for that denial. And he is the father who invites us, who calls me son, who welcomes me, teaches me, accepts me. I always feel better when I've left his presence. He reveals himself as fire who burns in the darkness to lead his people into his promises. He directs by a sword that cuts to the deepest places of our hearts. He reveals himself as the gardener that prunes, that cuts off the dead and unfruitful. He reveals himself as the groom who is making preparations for his bride. And when they are united, he will throw an eternal party to celebrate their union. He reveals himself as the builder who prepares an eternal home, a judge who invites vulnerability, honesty, even an admission of our guilt. He is a king with a city on a hill that invites in the traveler, the weary traveler behind the walls of security and protection. And yes, he reveals himself as a friend 
David, speaking of his love in Psalm 136, would say, no, we give thanks to the Lord. And 26 times he would say, because his love endures forever. He is the creator who loves us as the centerpiece of his creation. He is the chain breaker who brings people out of slavery. He remembers us. He fills us. He satisfies us, our thirst. He is to the troubled and to those who get themselves in trouble. In Psalm 107, 43, we read this last verse. And it said, let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. You see, to ponder his love. Uh, for me, it's that emoji. No, we are, it's just the face with the exploding head. <laughs> you see, to ponder his love is wisdom. This morning, you may have woken up to some flowers, some whatever, chocolates, an oody. Don't know what that is. Good choice. But you are loved beyond all of that with an indescribable, incomprehensible, ever-advancing, pursuing, kind love of God. And then you can abide in that love. Not only can you experience it, not only can you live it out, but you can abide in it. You can show it. You can reveal it. It's the overflow. I, I had a friend who, well, he was, this was a long time ago, so no one knew this story. And, well, he, he started dating this girl. And, well, most of us sort of thought, why? Ah, oh, she's a lovely girl, but we... Still wondered why. Eh, the match just didn't seem to happen. And, and we've all experienced that one. And well, I, I can remember the conversation. It would go like this. Oh, Stephen, I just think she's brilliant. Stephen, she's just so funny. Stephen would just click. Stephen would just... And I can remember thinking to myself, eh, who are you trying to convince? No, are you trying to convince you? Or are you trying to convince me? I've also been in the presence of people who are deeply in love. Deeply in love. And they don't tell me about it. They don't try to convince me about it. They, they don't have to, every five minutes, be saying, no, no, I think you're brilliant. I think it's great. And we just so click and we just got the chemistry. No, no, no. It just overflows. It's like the more they love, the more that love is revealed. And this age of a pandemic, in this age of an, in, like security and confidence is being challenged. People need that love. See, Jesus did come close. He came close in a selfless, humble, and unifying way. And, and I must be honest, in this season, one of the things I'm finding the greatest challenge, and, and I guess I word it like this, uh, no missing people. If, if I'm um, at a funeral and I am overseeing that funeral service, I, I miss the fact I can just give someone a hug. <laughs> I, I can cry with someone. I can mourn with someone. I, I, I miss people. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I guess what I'm saying is this. I miss overflowing the love of Christ into this world. 
into people who are my brothers and sisters in Christ, but into people who have yet to know Christ. I, I, I miss getting close enough that they can know and, and feel and, and be surrounded by his love. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, that should be something we miss. We should miss how easy it is when you're with people to overflow and abound in that love. You see, there are symbols of love in our world. (laughs) Um, Oodies, flowers. But what about a cross? (laughs) That picture of torture and execution. You see, up until now, you think, well, God's love is complicated, but wait until he reveals himself as a lamb who is to be slaughtered as a savior who comes into this broken world to be broken and redeems it. That that would be his greatest expression of love. That would be his greatest overflow. Um, The greatest example. Now, if you're in a crazy place, the cross reminds us that God's love is, is most revealed in the crazy. It's not a case of we can live without them. We're always going to have those crazy places. But God's love chooses to come into your crazy place. See, what kind of love steps into his own justice system, proclaims me guilty, and then pays my price? What kind of love separates himself as a holy God from a sinful world to build a bridge back to that sinful world with his blood where a holy God becomes known as a friend of sinners? What kind of love goes gently to be slaughtered on the butcher block of my sin? See that simplistic image of Cupid's arrow through a lover's heart is replaced with the complex image of humanity's nails through the hands of God. See, Paul is saying, I get so much joy when the church experiences, when the church is abounding, when the church is revealing and living out the love of God. So where is the joy in the crazy place today? Well, it's found in his love. (laughs) But not keeping his love, but revealing his love. Not saying, I am loved by God, but declaring to everyone you know that God loves them also, that he chooses them. See, love eats at your table, but it also died on your cross. Jesus, the judge, the jury, the executioner, and the executed. The lion, the lamb. Today on this Sunday, as we come and declare there is joy in the crazy places. Paul is saying when we connect with his love, we reveal that love, he gets joy. Now if he gets joy, we should get joy. 
Do I get joy as a pastor, as a leader in a church? Do, do I get joy when I see people of, who declare their love for Jesus, actually revealing their love for Jesus? You have no idea how much joy I get from that. See, Jesus at his birth was declared, no joy to the world, the Lord has come. And this is how the story continues. Joy to the world, the church has come. Today, we find joy not just because we are loved by God and he has chosen to love us, but we get joy in declaring that love from a place of confidence, knowing that he chose me and he's pursuing you. Joy in the crazy places. The guys are gonna come and lead us in worship and I'm just gonna pray today and you know, the enemy comes and he'll tell us we're not loved, we're not of value. Who loves me? Well, oh, the love of God is so complicated and complex that you will spend the rest of your life trying to just get a glimpse of it. Today you're loved by a love that will never fail you. Never walk away from you. Only ever give everything for you. And so Father, we pray for everyone who listens in today. For those who need a father's love, (laughs) he's your father. For those who need a friend, well, he loves like no other friend. For those who need someone to come along and speak life and truth into their lives in a way that breaks off the things that bring death and, and, and renews the things that bring life, well, he is that gardener. He is that builder. He is that lover. He, he is all And so, Father, I pray as Paul prayed that we would abound in our love. (laughs) But that love would not be from us, but you're a God. God, your love flowing through us. Thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.